Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in on a Thursday morning, June 15th, 2023. That's right, halfway through the month of June. Goodness sakes, guys, we are we are two wait two weeks from being halfway through 2023. Six months down, six to go. When that happens, we are also uh, we're also pretty close to about a week sooner than that. We'll be halfway to Christmas. Oh yeah, time to start getting the lights out, getting ready to go. Or if you haven't taken them down yet, you've now passed the threshold where it makes less sense to take them down than to keep them up. Exactly. And you think you think that might be ridiculous, but I've I, I know of a couple of places in town where you can still see Christmas lights that are at least up, even if they don't turn them on. So yeah, you're not unless you get them down here this week, it it, it just makes it makes more sense to keep them up here mm-hmm. at this point, even if your neighbors don't like it. Frankly, we're also less than a week away from you being gone for a couple of weeks. About yep, I'll be uh, a week from today. I will. You and Mark uh, Vale will just like tag hands. Yep, we'll tag hands. Mark will come in. I will. Uh, I will go out for a bit, and uh, and that'll be fun. So I'm going on a on a trip. I'll be gone for a couple of weeks. My longest vacation that I've ever taken here in uh, almost 16 years. So that'll be fun for me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but then we'll be back and ready to go and refreshed right after, shortly after we get done with the July 4th holiday. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we are. Now, if you're, uh, if you are keeping your Christmas lights up, perhaps your property valuation, uh, has reflected it negatively. I doubt it, but I did think <laughs> they keep their Christmas lights up. <laughs> maybe it's a way to, to impact it. If you, if you want to think about that. Uh, but Vic had that story that was really, really interesting there. It's, it's, you know, it's property tax or protest or property tax valuation protest season right now. And about 900 people have filed protests already so far. Um, last year at this time, 115. 2021 at this time, about 700. So mm-hmm. a lot of people are doing it this time around. Because I think they, at least this was my personal experience, was I had to jump this last time like I had not seen before with this whole thing. And then there's this story that Bick reported there that there uh, that someone said, hey, this this is a little bit hard to do to get this information to try and do the protest. If you don't know where to go to get comp sales, get the other information figure out what the you know what the comps are exactly there's a lot of categories where you could do that so um a concerned citizen that wanted to be helpful to others made the uh made a website that would that would essentially help with that um and channel 8 did a story on it but his name is uh Gordon Smith and so the 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 website is lancaster count or excuse me lancasterpropertysearch.com so you can go there now, and you can plug in. You need your parcel ID 
If you don't have that, you can get it from the assessor's page. It's pretty easy to get. I did it. You just search your name or search your address, and it'll give you the parcel ID. Then you plug that parcel ID in, and it will spit out um, a handful of, like for me, it looks like about oh, 20, 15, 20 homes that are comparable. So you can do the sliders on this thing. You can say, okay, I want it to be within this many square feet, percentage square feet. The default was set at 15. The distance from your home to kind of be in similar neighborhoods, the default was set two miles, and mine is then also set for being built within five years, plus or minus, with mm-hmm. mine. So it pulls up all of the homes that have uh, that have sold, I guess, fairly recently uh, within the square footage amount, the distance, and the year built to your home. And for me, that came up with about 15 or 20 of them. Now, it is interesting because in, like, what would you think if you have that level of specificity, the range of the value of homes would be for Ooh. that? That, that, that was interesting to me. It was, I'm trying to find the highest here. Okay. It ranges, uh, a hundred, if I found the highest and lowest, yeah, it ranges about $125,000 from between, the highest, between to the the highest to the lowest. Okay. So, and, and presumably the lowest is probably got the smallest square footage or is the oldest or, or doesn't happen. It, but then it takes you through each one of those with the sale date and the sale price. And then it'll give you your house compared to, compared to that house. It'll tell you what it sold for, and then it'll go through all the indiv- individual things comparing them. So the the uh, square footage of the main living area, the upstairs, upper living area, and then it'll go things like size of garage, um, type of shingles, uh, s- siding, sprinkler system. Now, it did not mark that my sprinkler system doesn't work, and I would like the county to know that. <laughs> it doesn't work. And uh, uh, then, like, the area that's partially finished uh, or not finished, how many plumbing fixtures, how many fireplaces, uh, if there's a slab porch or if there's a um, a wooden deck or a composite deck, uh, total basement area, veneer, masonry, and then... Whether it has heating and air conditioning, which I'm assuming all of these, all of these do. So you go through it, and so you look at, and, and so you can try and pick out the one or two that is very closest to you on all those items, and you can get the sale price and the sale date for all of those. So I did this with with my home, and so I'm going through. First of all, it's interesting to see where kind of want to drive through and like look at the ones that are closest to you and like yeah is that better than mine or no right yeah <laughs> i'm like i might actually do that now that you know some of the information yeah, now that i know it and it looks like these were all sold i don't know it, i don't know what the range is for when it was sold what it goes in it looks like the old the longest sale it's all 20 or uh 2022 or 2023 sales so it's all sales in the last year and a half okay it's surprising that this many of them have have sold in the last year and a half so it's so it's got that well I, I'm I'm not surprised just in, in that they sold. It might just be more of a surprise that that many were on the market. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah not, that, not that they sold. And you know what I found based on the, um, at least based on these comparative sale prices? Your valuation was pretty good? Probably about right. Okay. No. <laughs> 
Well, you're really selling this site for this guy here. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's really, I, I mean, shout out to this, this because I'm sure there's people who are, that isn't the case. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Gordon Smith for helping people at least get that information and the amount of people that are going to come armed with that when they go to their protests now is, I would assume, as word gets out on this thing, now that Channel 8 got a story, now that we're doing a story on it as well and we're talking about it, is going to be significant. So, yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're not by a computer or your phone today, you can't do it. Just remember this, LancasterPropertySearch.com. And then, like I said, you have to have your, your parcel ID number. Plug it in there, and if nothing else, even if you're not going to protest it or you decide you're not going to protest it, it's really it's an it's interesting, kinda, it's place interesting for to find out to where, like if you're ever thinking about selling, that's something. Of course, I think people think about right mm-hmm. when whenever I or we sell this thing, what um, you know what can we what can we expect to get <laughs> with this? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The good, I mean, and and again, this I I hesitate to say say this to you because I know you would uh, you were in a very different market as if as a uh, house buyer as I as when I was when I was your age. Who knows? Uh, give give, give it two more years, age. we'll see what happens. Yeah, with the that's market. true. That's true. But I, I may, will tell I you may what hit where you guys did in what oh eight. Uh yeah, what do we yeah oh eight I think we yeah. bought oh eight or was it oh eight or oh nine? It was right because because right now the way the the Fed has handled interest rates, we are in a very similar situation to 07. Okay. Now, I know that you want things to go differently than what happened with the, the housing crash uh, yeah. and the way everything went. The subprime but, loan but, like meltdown, yes. Oh, man, that is such an interesting documentary Yeah. Uh, on all of those things. But comparatively, we're in 07 with, okay. with where things are right now. So you're you're waiting for your... 08 or 09 in the next few years, maybe. I mean, for us, looking at, at a very personal level, yes, we're looking for something to where it is much more manageable to get into the housing market. Yeah. Because it's just not right now. Yeah. Um, l- l- I mean, and then here's what, here's what I can tell you about, again, just having good timing for us. Now it was bad. we also were selling a house at the time too. Mm-hmm. But it was a starter home and that was a little bit of a different market at that point, but that took forever, but I bought I bought our house it had been on the market for 6 months. <laughs> I've told you this before, I know, but it's just like it's crazy to even think of. It had been on the market for 6 months, 6 months and we talked the owner down on price. That's so wild cuz I just because over the last 2 years I follow so many different realtors on mm. some different sites and they'll be like, yep, this last Friday we opened up this house for a showing. We had 17 people over. We got a dozen offers and ended up closing above asking price. Yeah. I'm just like, so that was, that was one day. How long was it on the market? Oh, it went on the market that day. Yeah, Six months. Our house was on the market. <laughs> Multiple reductions of price, including a final one that we agreed on. And here's the crazy thing. Even if I take the assessed value, which, like I said, it's probably, according to these similar sales, probably about right. Um, we would we would make about uh, we would we would make back. Well, the net income that we would get would be about one hundred seventy five percent of what we paid. Cool. Cool. All, haven't quite doubled the value in 14 years, but close. Yeah. But close. Once I get those sprinklers fixed, 
Then it's over. It might be there. It might then be up. Done. We might be up to a straight double. So that's a pretty good investment. Once you get that uh, <laughs> that fenced in yard. Yeah, or maybe that. <laughs> or maybe that. Or my grass starts looking better. Yeah, probably. That's we probably get, what we did get. It. We get some rain. Your if house that happens. Your house would not last six hours on the market. You I'm don't just, think so? I'm just telling you. You don't think so? It would not. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. So anyway, good, good, interesting tool there. If you want to come, I'm curious. I'll be curious if any of you try it and you actually do protest. The valuation. How I'll much be does curious. this aid in that? Yeah, I'll be curious protest. what your experience is like, because the the assessor's office is going to start to see the same thing over and over again. I'm sure, which is probably the type of information that people come in with anyway. But it's just a lot. It's a lot more organized with that. So, anyway, that's that's fascinating to to kind of check that out. As we got 900 people, at least as of right now, who are protesting their their. Pro- Excuse me, their property value. Uh, all right. Uh, on, on a Thursday morning here on the show, I didn't even quite give you a rundown yet of what's going on today, but it is a ticket Thursday, and so we're going to be giving away tickets to see the Steve Miller Band at Pinewood Bowl. And if you would like to go to that, we are going to play our second edition. We had so much fun the first time <laughs> trying to make you think of Steve Spurrier. We're going to bring back our famous Steve's game where Caleb and I think of someone notable named Steve or Steven, uh, Stevie, I guess. And uh, you can you can try and guess who that is with our 20 questions game and perhaps get yourself some tickets to that. We'll count down the five things people are talking about today in your morning drive. We will be talking to Robin and Dave, the Grow Lincoln team, new restaurants, retail businesses in town. That'll be at 810 this morning. And at 835 this morning, Voice of the Big Red, Greg Sharp, is going to join us as well. I did see Caleb, the volleyball fans in the in the listening group, finally have something finally. they can put on their calendar on June 15th, the Nebraska volleyball schedule comes out yesterday, at least beyond what we knew, the game in Memorial Stadium. Um, and so now we've got we've got not only a full non-conference schedule, which sometimes comes out first, but we've got the full... They waited for the whole conference schedule to come out, too. So we've mm-hmm. got the full thing now with the, with the non-conference games and the games and times and dates for the Big 12 games. Or excuse me, jeez. Big wow. Ten games. Been a while since I made that mistake. <laughs> yeah, and 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 so you can. It only took getting the uh, twenty four and twenty five football matchups to actually get a volleyball schedule yes. for twenty twenty three. And by the way, I've heard rumblings that the twenty six and twenty seven schedules for football have not been released publicly, but they exist. Yeah, they are getting going. They're that, going through those. That, yeah. yeah, that and that there's some level of knowledge of what those are within the within the program as well, but. Uh, anyway, back to that to that volleyball schedule. Um, they'll get going. They'll get actually get going prior to the volleyball day in Nebraska on August twenty fifth on that Friday night. Well, they'll have Utah State in. They'll have one of these tournaments where they play uh, three other teams. It's kind of around robin. So Friday six p.m. August twenty fifth, Utah State twenty sixth Saturday Lipscomb, and the twenty seventh Sunday is SMU. And then it'll be the Wednesday after that when you've got Omaha and Memorial Stadium for that game. So that'll be game four on the season. Uh, and then just some other notable ones. Uh, you'll have, you'll, they'll go to Kansas State. Creighton will come in. Long Beach State Creighton, will Creighton's come in. Creighton's coming in for the first time since 2019. Oh, really? 
Wow. Uh, Big one. They'll go to Stanford on September 12th. Kentucky coming to Lincoln. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a good get. And then by September 22nd, they're already starting their conference season. How about that for your first weekend in conference? You're at home, which is nice. Ohio State and Minnesota both coming to town. Yeah. Then you get to the end of the season, (laughs) and you close out on a Sunday, you're at Iowa, and then you get to Black Friday at Wisconsin, Saturday at Minnesota. And yeah, so that's how kind of how last season's ended, but it was at home with those two huge matches. This time it's on the road against those two teams who are typically two of the best, Wisconsin for certain, uh, over the years in the Big Ten. And so those, those games will probably be very pivotal in deciding who wins the Big Ten. This year, and by the way, they also play Wisconsin and, and Minnesota. Those are two plays in this thing, so mm-hmm. they get both Wisconsin and Minnesota twice. So that's notable as well. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the the other big thing that's notable there. So you can go online and get that if you want to get them on your calendar and start looking at those two. We got that at klin.com. Klin. Com. All right, weather wise today, we're starting out at sixty two degrees and. It's going to heat up today a little bit, guys. Uh, going to get into the 90s, according to the forecast, both today and tomorrow. Uh, not looking at rain today. Probably not looking at rain tomorrow either. Maybe a shot, better shot on Saturday in the uh, early to mid-afternoon is the way that they're talking about it right now. Okay. So. All right, we'll grab a break. 624, you're listening to Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Tomorrow is Request Line Friday, Father's Day edition. Your chance to put in a request like you used to do with the radio station. Uh, But we like to theme it on several weeks out of the year. And because Father's Day is coming up on Sunday, that's our theme this week. And so uh, if you got a father, father figure, grandfather, significant other that's a father, and you want to uh, dedicate a song to them, Maybe it's a song that they like. Maybe it's a song that makes you think of them or a song that reminds you of a specific memory with them. Request that at the KLIN text line, 402-479-1400. Just type it on in right now or whenever you think of it today and get it in. We will put it in the queue for the show tomorrow, and uh, we'll have some fun with that during the course of the day tomorrow, honoring the fathers in our life. So get that in today all right jumping into the sound off in case you looked at the 2024 gop hopeful field and you've said there's just not somebody there yet that i can get behind 
I, there's a lot of choices, but there isn't that one candidate that perfectly is suited to me. Well, what if we add another one to see it, and if that actually does it? And that's what we did yesterday. The mayor of Miami is now going to be running for president. Miami Mayor Francis Suarez is now a candidate for the Republican nomination for president. Suarez is 45 years old and a lawyer who is in the midst of his second term as the nonpartisan and part-time mayor of Florida's most populated city, known for thriving tech, finance, and tourism sectors. His filing comes just days after a super PAC affiliated with him published a video and started accepting donations. Suarez is now the third Florida Republican to seek the White House this cycle, along with Governor Ron DeSantis and former President Donald Trump. In Broward County, Florida, Eben Brown, Fox News. Wait, back up, wait, back up a second. He's a it's a part-time job. The mayor of Miami is a part-time job? Yes, that's true. The Miami mayor is is part-time in a largely ceremonial job. Uh, Mr. Suarez can veto legislation, and he can hire and fire the city manager, but he doesn't have a vote on the five-member city commission. Uh, and in 2018, he failed to persuade voters to give him strong mayor powers interesting so he's got he's got another job that this is not his full-time job he took a job in 2021 as a senior operating partner at a private equity firm that's where he makes his dough not necessarily as the uh as the mayor of miami which is interesting too i i would never have guessed a city like miami had a had a part-time but it's got to do with the those i mean there are these different kind of formats for city governments that exist throughout the country. And Lincoln happens to be in a strong mayor situation, but there are, um, there are cities that rely on a city manager or a more of a weak mayor with the, which this would be more of a weak mayor type of system that they've got there. But that's kind of an interesting, interesting thing. Like how much of your record can you even run on for president? If you've been, your job as an executive has been, in the executive branch of the city government, has been one that is part-time and, quote, largely ceremonial. <laughs> like, I don't think you get up on the debate stage, you're like, hey, guys, I've had a largely ceremonial job as mayor, and I've done a great job with it over the course of the last several years. But anyway, who not? and plus, we the people, I mean, we got anybody... Half the people in Florida are running for president here at this point. Okay. I know the the presidency comes with some nice benefits and lifetime pay and all of those things. How much do you think the part-time mayor of Miami makes in a year? I bet I can find it. Let's see. Miami mayor. I already looked it up. Oh, how much do I think you know? Um, well, it's Miami, so cost of living is through the roof. Um. Let's say fifty thousand dollars plus a hundred thousand. One hundred fifty thousand bucks for a part-time gig as mayor. Holy cow! Ceremonial, C- largely ceremonial, largely ceremonial. Why, why would I try to get any other job? Why are you get? Yeah, but and then you got you work at the equity firm too, which you're definitely getting at least half a million for. You got a great setup, man. Plus, Miami? 
man, you don't want this job. You don't want the presidency. No, no, I, I don't think so. Mr. Suarez, how many stay where you are? And that's that's a that's a serious question I've got. How many of these candidacies and this happens every year, but I think especially this year, how many of these candidacies are designed as basically a name recognition tour over the course of a year so that you're set up either to run later as president or set up to get a place on a cabinet or a vice presidential position? Like, how many of the people in this field would you consider are doing something like that? More than half the field. Uh, yeah. Easily more than half the field. Uh, you you could argue everyone but Trump in some ways. Mm-hmm. Although I think, you know, Christy and Hutchinson have other, that's, they probably wouldn't be in that, in that realm. But I, like, I think, obviously, I think DeSantis goes in hoping and thinking a win might be possible. But in reality... The fallback for him is is a hundred percent twenty twenty eight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's got to be what it is. And you know, somebody, I think Nikki Haley, right? She's already been. You know, she's kind of already been. She was the ambassador to the UN, though. I don't know where you would put her in that that group as now, any at all. Okay, now this is interesting. If I look. I always go to this when we talk about these big crowded fields. I go to the prediction markets just to see it. You love those little like penny predictions. Yeah, those right? penny. It's just it's fascinating. It's, it's listen. It doesn't say what's going to happen, but it it gives you the sense of what people who are on the inside think is going to happen. You will never guess. Well, maybe you will. Maybe you're smarter than me. I was going to say you would never guess who's third behind Trump and DeSantis right now on this list. It is not something that you would think of guessing. Because I don't think he's announced. Third behind Trump and DeSantis has it. Is it Elon? Uh, no, it's not Elon. It's not Elon. It's Glenn Youngkin. Oh. It's Glenn Youngkin. Huh. And then I Google him. I Google him. And the first story that comes up is a Fox business story that says, uh, Billionaire GOP donor reveals who is ideal candidate for 2024. Thomas Petterfee praised Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin. Ah. I wonder how much that interview specifically moved the needle on the prediction markets. Maybe. On this whole thing. Uh, By the way, if you're wondering, uh, fourth place is Tim Scott right behind him, but Youngkin just went up ahead of Tim Scott. Then it's Nikki Haley. Then it's Mike Pence, and then it's Christy Noem, who still isn't even in in the race. I don't doubt. I don't know that she's getting in it either. Um, so that's fascinating. All right, what else do we have going on this morning? Oh, it was the big congressional baseball game yesterday. I've never now they put this on TV, but I've never actually thought to watch it. Sometimes I, I sometime I would like to, just because I am so curious at what the level of baseball that's being played is. But anyway, here's the here's the story from what happened last night. It's a tradition that began in 1909, the annual congressional baseball game where members of the House and Senate play for charity and bragging rights. In this year's edition at Nationals Park in Washington D.C., Republicans came out on top 16 to 6. The GOP scored 7 runs in the 3rd inning to take control of the contest, picking up their third straight win. The game was played this year on the 6th anniversary of the day 6 people were shot, including Republican Congressman Steve Scalise on a practice field while preparing for that year's contest. 
I'm Eric Messersmith. Oh, yeah, that Fox was news. that was insane. I remember that morning that all that happened. Just completely terrible. Okay, back um, to this game though. Yeah, they have people that run like they can hit and have somebody run for them. Oh, really? Like, Look, there's there's someone behind the plate in like a three point stance. Really, the ball comes in as soon as contact is made. He takes off running to first. Interesting. Huh. What is going on? Uh, let's see who did who did well in this thing. I'm I'm curious on this thing. Uh, freshman center Eric Schmidt of Missouri crushed a ball in the third inning for a bases loaded triple. Uh, Scalise played first base was the leadoff hitter. Uh, so it's good to see him still playing. Uh, Representative Greg Stubbe was the starting pitcher for the GOP. Um. Let's see, and then let's see on the Democrat. Are they using aluminum bats? Because Stubby hit a one-hop double over the fence. It landed on the warning track. Wow. Yeah, they're using aluminum bats. Yeah, I can see <laughs> in the pictures. Here, But here's what, uh, like, why don't they, it is always interesting to me, because, like, if you're playing a pickup game, basically, like, you play softball, right? You play slow-pitch softball. Every time mm-hmm. there's a celebrity charity game, even with, like, the All-Star game, it's always softball. Like, you've got to have, like, do you have pitchers who are just lobbing it in there? Or do you, does one of these teams have, like, a somebody pitched in college and then it's over, right? <laughs> Pickup baseball is not the easiest game to play among adults just because of the pitching-hitting situation. Yeah, you put away the radar gun for that one. Ah, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, like, when we played in the uh, media celebrity game here with the Salt Dogs, that was, uh, that's definitely slow-pitch softball. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Federal Reserve did not raise rates for the first time in a whole bunch of meetings that they had, but they still may not be done. For the first time in 15 months, the Federal Reserve is taking a break from raising interest rates, having hiked rates at the fastest clip in four decades to combat hot inflation. Fed Chair Jerome Powell. We decided to leave our policy interest rate unchanged and to continue to reduce our securities holdings. Rates will hold steady to a range of 5 and 5 and a quarter percent. Fed members said leaving the federal funds rate unchanged allows them to assess additional information. Though in a surprise move, the Fed signaled that it may raise rates twice more this year, beginning as soon as next month. Powell adds, We remain strongly committed to bringing inflation back down to our 2% goal. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. All right, so they'll wait six weeks to to see what happens after that. But yeah, as she said, there are probably two more two more raises here this uh, this year as well. So uh, I can't stop watching highlights from the congressional baseball game. <laughs> okay, I'm going to to see those later. I have so, my bigger question in the pitcher is getting people to be catcher. Yeah, that's another thing, right? <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. And it feels like there's probably in all of Congress, maybe like there's probably like three to five people who played like college baseball, I would think. Mm-hmm. Right. Even at a even at a small level and and that are also probably in their in their 30s at this point. And those are like they're really who's deciding the game, I would think, in this whole thing. Yeah. You, you Well, sometimes in a celebrity softball game, it's all right. You got like. Two big hitters. Right. All right, do we space these guys out, just let them hit people home, or what are we doing? I don't remember any stories that this has gone on, and and guys, remind me if I'm wrong or I'm I'm forgetting something. Has a Nebraska, a person in the Nebraska uh, delegation ever played, either even played in or played a a significant role in one of these? 
I don't remember that ever coming up in any times that this has been talked about, but, you know, come on, where you at, Mike Flood? Uh, c- come yeah. on, where's Ricketts at? Ricketts, he can play baseball, couldn't he? Hey, apparently no. they, they were giving out facts during the game. Do you know who hit the first grand slam in congressional history? Uh, no, I don't know. Gerald Ford. Really? 1957 was the House Minority Leader. <laughs> All right, I'm going to watch this next year. <laughs> I, I have am, to turn this on I next am time. Fascinated, uh, I'm fascinated by this whole thing, <laughs> how this whole thing looks. Uh, getting back to what we were talking about, inflation and, and the Fed, uh, we talked yesterday, egg prices have gone down. So there at least is that, but you haven't necessarily seen that with all of the grocery prices that had gotten so high with inflationary pressures. Even though inflation is coming down, it's still rising. It's just rising at a slower pace. So that means prices are not falling yet. Consider how inflation is compounded year over year. For example, cereal prices are up 9.3% over a year ago. But a year ago, prices were up 12.8% compared to 12 months before that. That means cereal prices remain more than 23% higher over two years ago. Applying math like that to other staples like butter and margarine means prices are up more than 29% for those fats from two years ago. Bread is up more than 21% from two years ago. All right. Well, she didn't have to lean into the word fats for for butter. We know, yeah. Like, I get it. I should be using less. (laughs) And then there's this, speaking of inflation. This this would be an interesting question again. I, I like to do this sometimes. So put a number in your head with this question I'm going to ask you. How much money does it, does, does someone need to have to be considered quote unquote rich? What is that? Is is there is there a number where where that is like okay that feels like the threshold between sort of a normal you know I get that this is very subjective but but what however you define that Are, what would that be and then like where's the line between comfortable and rich right yeah how, like, I I know a number for me that would be like oh. That's way more than comfortable. Like if you had it in your as you know in your assets, right? Like how much? Yeah, how much they saved up? Basically, mm-hmm. what would you say that it, that you would say that is? If you just handed me a bank account right now and it mm-hmm. had two hundred thousand dollars, I'd be like, I'm comfortable. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Well, and and now to be rich, I'd be like, I don't know, five hundred thousand. I'd feel pretty rich. <laughs> like that, there are a lot of things I wouldn't have to do with five hundred thousand dollars. Well, you still, according to this, would be. Quite a ways from Not rich. Close. Yeah. The traditional benchmark of wealth in the U.S., a million dollars, just doesn't cut it anymore, according to a new survey, which finds now only those who amass more than double that, 2.2 million, are perceived as being wealthy. The Charles Schwab 2023 Modern Wealth Survey also finding a shifting definition of what it means to be rich. The thousand people who took the survey put more emphasis for themselves on well-being and enjoying experiences and relationships than having a lot of money. Money. Younger respondents, 57% of millennials, 46% of Gen Z, were more likely to report feeling wealthy versus 46% of Gen X and baby boomers. Lillian Wu, Fox News. Interesting. Is so that, the, is that the, a little bit of what I was talking about, where it was comfortable versus an, an actual yeah, they, higher number? The, the number they had was $2.2 million. $2.2. So Ugh. a millionaire, uh, if you're a millionaire, that's not even... You're halfway there. Yeah, you're, you're, you're halfway to. We're halfway there if you're a millionaire.
according to that. Wow. Uh, all right, what else do we have? Hey, this might help in your quest to get rich. You are probably very likely, if you're more than, oh, I don't know, 30 years old, you are probably due a settlement in a class action suit against Google. Now, the question is, how do you get your portion of the settlement? I've got the answer right here. Okay. Google has agreed to pay $23 million to settle a class action lawsuit accusing it of sharing users' searches with third-party websites without permission. This means anyone who clicked a search result on Google between October 25, 2006 and September 30, 2013 is eligible to apply for some of that money by going to the settlement website by July 31st, registering for an account and confirming usage during that time frame. Applicants should expect to get a whopping $7.70 apiece. The tech giant says the settlement is not an admission of wrongdoing. Lillian Wu, Fox News. Okay, so they're dividing dividing a $20 million settlement between everyone? Everyone over... Everyone over 25? Way to hit a beautiful, beautiful period of time that is all the way for me from high school through college. Right. It's like, I think I did a couple of Google searches at that time. Yeah. So get your seven bucks, everybody. Well, I I got 30 bucks from TurboTax. Let's start building up those. Let's add it up, baby. It ought to just be like like a... a free beer or a free or a free hamburger yeah, or send, something. Send me a coupon. That, feel, that would feel better than a check for $7. And Google is sending out a free voucher for a case of Bud Light. Yeah, well, yeah. oh, speaking of which, thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> oh, no. Is this the, speaking of which, there the is country a, singer? There is a, no, there is a new best-selling beer oh, in the one. United States. The blowback from against Bud Light. People are so mad uh, about that uh, that. Whatever commercial that I didn't see with that person that I don't know who she is in it or I don't know anything about it. I didn't it. know if they actually ever did an actual commercial. Or- yeah, I don't. That, but people are so mad about that that they have made a switch. You're not going to guess what's number two, though. Play the game again. Put it in your head. What do you think is number two? Well, number two now is Bud Light. Y- yes. What is, sorry, the new number one, I should say. Modelo Especial. The best selling beer in the U.S. now is Modelo. of retail sales last month. The Bud Light, 7.3%, according to alcohol consulting firm Bump Williams. Bud Light had been number one since 2001 when it became more popular than regular Budweiser. Bud Light's been losing sales because of a conservative boycott for using a transgender social media personality to promote the brand in a video April 1st. Modelo had already been gaining ground. That brand's owned by Constellation Brands in the United States, by Anheuser-Busch everywhere else. The same owner as Bud Light. Chris Foster, Fox News. (laughs) Okay, that'll teach him. Uh Yep. Yep. All right. That, uh, First it. time in twenty years, and I thought you were going to talk about the uh, the Garth Brooks thing, where he says he's going to sell all oh, yeah. beers in his in his new honky tonk bar he's in getting, Nashville. He's getting blowback because he's still serving Bud Light, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, people that attune every consumer choice that they make to, uh, you know, issues and and decisions by corporate on Asia. Like, I don't know how you go shopping. <laughs> I don't like. I don't know how you how you go out to eat any of those things. Guys, but guess what? If more there, power to you. If there's a Bud Light in front of me, or if I'm going to eat at Chick Fil A or shop at Hobby Lobby. Yeah. So like, I, can't, I like, how, I how ba- are you supposed to do this? Am I a bad person if I would say a corporation would have to be pretty wildly, wildly evil if they make a product that I like, and and I would have to stop consuming it? It's going to be tough. <laughs> be, you'd have to do something pretty bad. <laughs> 
Sorry. 656, it's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, let's hear about the pets that are up for auction. Matt Machado joins us from the Capital Humane Society. Morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? Good. Let's hear about the pets this week. So first off, we have Raymond, and Raymond's a seven-year-old lab boxer mix, neutered male. He's tan with some white on his chest and on his front paws, and he weighs about 50 pounds. He was surrendered to us by his previous family, and the situation was the other dog in the home just uh, started to become a bully towards Raymond. So no fault of his own, he came to the shelter, and he's a very happy dog, loves to play with the tennis balls. He likes the attention of other dogs, likes to play with them, so... Uh, he'd probably do well in a home with other dogs that like him as well. And so, very smart dog, knows sit, knows how to lay down, and just very easygoing and well-behaved. All right, very good. What else we got? And then we got Bree, and so Bree's about nine weeks old. She's a domestic short hair spade female. She's a brown-black tabby, and she's got some orange on her face too. But she came to us when she was only a couple weeks old, and so she spent the last month or so in a foster home, and so now... She's old enough, big enough for the adoption program, and a sweet, playful kitten that's ready to meet her new family. All right, very good. So make sure and check out those pets available to Cap Humane Society if you are thinking about adding a friend to your home. Thanks so much, Matt. We appreciate it. Talk next week, all right? Have a good one. There you go. Matt Metcharo from the Cap Humane Society. Take it Thursday next on KLIN. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, so here we go. Caleb and I have thought of a uh, famous person named Steve. I feel like I'm, I'm... Pretty certain everybody is familiar with the Steve that uh, that we thought about. Steve, Steve, and Stevie, any any form. I mean, if we're doing famous Steve, it could it could be the, any of those. So yeah. it might not be Steve exactly. Steve. It might be more commonly named uh, called Stephen or Stevie or something like that. Um, but we've got this person in mind, and we want you to try and guess who it is. And if you do, after asking a yes no question, we're going to give you tickets to that Steve Miller Band concert. August 5th at Pinewood Bowl. We'll keep going through people till we get a winner. And so leading off is going to be Mike, and we've got Brett and Jack on deck to take a shot if Mike can't get it. Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? Not pretty good, guys. How about you? Good. All right, Mike, you get the uh, enviable task of uh, narrowing down from every Steve that's famous in the world, at least somewhat. So how do you want to do that? Enviable. Okay. Um, <laughs> is this person a uh, current or former athlete? No. 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 Okay. Um, Steve Jobs? Steve Jobs. No, not Steve Jobs. Although he was in our conversation among the people we were considering, but we did not select him. 
All right, Brett is next. All right, good morning, Brett. Not a former, not a former athlete. Not Steve Jobs. What's your yes no question? Is it an actor? No, not an actor. About Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. No, I'm sorry, not Steven Tyler. Not Steven Tyler. All right, let's uh, keep going. So we knocked out athletes and actors. Uh, next is Jack. Uh, hello, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. All right. Your yes/no question about our famous Steve that we are thinking of. Is it a man or a woman? Is it? Say it. Give me it in a way I can say yes/no. Oh, so, is it a man? Yes, it is a man. Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood. No, but that was a nice, kind of a deepish cut guess there. I don't I don't mind that. Not not bad. Deepish cut guess. All right. So we know it's a man. We know it's not an athlete. No, it's not an actor. Uh, I think that's all we've got so far. Uh we've got Brett. Uh all right, Brett, another question from you. Is it is is he living? No. Mm. Um I don't think this is gonna be it, but uh Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen. <laughs> No, but again, no, but I'm impressed with the guesses today. The guesses seem like, I feel like maybe we're going to come on this one a little bit faster than than is often the case. All right. Do your do a little Googling, do a little search, and figure it out while you're waiting to call again, uh, and let that Paul have a shot at it. All right, that Paul, what's your question? Is it a musician? No, no it is not a musician. <laughs> well, that doesn't seem fair. All right. <laughs> Let me ask another uh, dwindler question. Okay, go ahead. On his last birthday, would he have been over 70 years of age? No. Hmm. Hmm. But I guess you asked your two questions. Thanks for the questions. Yeah, so you're going to think about it. All right, 402-479-1400. Famous, we're giving away Steve Miller Band tickets, August 5th here, Pinewood Bowl. We are thinking of a famous Steve. We haven't. It, it, it's a little bit of a difficult one because we don't have him in one of those big pots of celebrities that is actors, musicians, athletes. But he still is is certainly um, famous, or I should say, was. And we've established that he is deceased. And when he died, he was less than seventy years old. Let's see. Do we have any other questions that we had specifically? I think that kind of runs down where we were so far. All right. We're starting, to, maybe starting to get some progress on this thing. All right, Brett is next. Brett, what is your yes/no question? Uh, I'm just going to take a couple of guesses. All right, go for it. Is it uh, Steve Irwin? Is it Steve Irwin? Yeah, it is Steve Irwin. You got it, Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. He was on TV, but he was not an actor. He was a television personality. And uh, and uh, passed away sadly in 2006, September of 2006, and that's the famous Steve that we were thinking of. So you got it, Brett. Congratulations. Awesome. Cool. Thanks. Hang tight, and uh, Caleb will get your info. So you can go see Steve Miller Band at Pinewood Bowl. Um, yes, yeah, Steve Irwin. Uh, do, you, do you remember? You guys remember this? I guess if you're a, if you're a little younger, you might not remember. Steve Irwin, but um, he had Crocodile Hunter show, and he was, you know, he would go around, he would get up close to the most dangerous animals in the world, crocodiles and snakes and just, like, ridiculous stuff. 
Uh, in 2006, though, this is the sad part of it, filming a documentary on the Great Barrier Reef, he died caused um, from an injury caused by a stingray, stingray at that point. And it's weird. I I, um, I very much remember when that happened because that was September 4th of 2006. That was uh, about three weeks before I started on the air at KLIN. I started on the air at KLIN October 1st, 2006. And at that point, I was listening to the show every day to kind of just get a feel for it and the things. And I just have this weird, very specific memory of... Um, of getting ready to go to my my old job, I was still finishing up my old job and listening to it was at the time it was John Bishop and Mark Halverson talk about or learn, I learned the news of Steve Irwin's death listening to one of the last episodes of the KLIN Morning Show that I was not on. Um, I don't know. I left. It's not necessarily that funny, but yeah. So Steve Irwin is the uh, is the person that we were thinking of here so congratulations to brett he is our winner have you watched any of the videos with his son so my daughter has watched the show they like have a reality yeah, show, a show that where they're at as they basically are at a zoo mm-hmm. kind of and so i've seen now those might be older but my daughter is i've she watches those because they're kind of catered towards kids a little bit yeah but he is if you thought there could ever be someone that sounded and acted and had an absolute love for animals in the same way that Steve Irwin did. It's a hundred percent his son. Really? And every single thing he does, it is about how beautiful they are, how he can get into the, they, Oh, well, this one's a little temperamental, but uh, she's just being a little feisty. <laughs> like it, everything he talks about, I'm like, you sound like your dad yeah. so much. Yeah. I ha- I haven't seen him like re- as he's grown up since he's been, since he's been, um, since he's probably gotten to be more of an adult, I think mm-hmm. he was a bit of a kid and a teenager in those last shows. But yeah, and his wife is uh, is still a part of this. She's actually she's actually American. She's from Eugene, Oregon, um, and she is uh, she's still part of the the shows that they do with this as well. So yeah, there you go. Interesting stuff this morning uh, for the tickets to Steve Miller Band, and we'll have more concert tickets coming up on Thursdays going forward. Um, we are. Uh, you won't be part of those games for the next two. Yeah. What are you going to do when I'm gone? I, you know what? I'll probably go to one of the games that I always make up when you're. You gone. never bring up your made up. We never going to do your made up games when I'm here. I know. We. I want to be a part of those. Sometimes. Okay. We can probably. We'll do one of our made up games. The one last of, Thursday, one of your made up. One games. of my made up games. Yeah. So. Which yeah. is usually like fill in the blank, and I I put the unnecessary censorship beep into a sentence. <laughs> now. I think the the next question that is related to Ticket Thursday that is going to come up soon is, when is it time to go back to another season of Generation Collaboration and finally take down the Millennials? Well, and I think we may have a scoring change when we do that as well. What Did we discuss the scoring change? We, I forgot. We, we had discussed it. So right now, you either get a win or a loss based on whether someone clears all of it and the extra point. Yeah. I think the scoring change we should go to is it's when you're clearing your own and it's the five questions. For you, it would be five Gen X questions. Right. You get a win or a loss for every one of those questions. Okay. So it's just every question is a. But yep. to get the prize, you've got to get all of them. And to get the prize, you got to clear the extra point. All right. We'll think about that. We'll think about making some changes to generation collaboration. Um, and so, yeah, maybe maybe when we get to about 
August when uh, when vacations are over and those sorts of things, and we got Mark back here full time. We can get, if he's willing to. He's kind of soured on that game. I think it's probably fair to say, don't you think? It's tough for the boomers. Like those, those are tough questions to go back in time and try to get. Yeah, said well by somebody who gets baby questions basically season after season when we do this game. I'm also better at this than you. I don't so. know that that's it. I really don't. Like, I honestly think if I got your questions, I would win just as much as you do. I don't know. But, but the same can't be said in, in, the, in reverse, obviously. You had no idea anything about Spongebob. Okay, one question. I She's messed up the Spongebob character. Butchered that the is, epitome of my generation. That is questions. one blind spot that I had. What? That is glaring blind spot. Other than that, I feel really confident <laughs> that I could I could be just fine, just fine with, uh, I think you'd do okay. with that whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, I know we're a little early for sports, but let's grab our, since Brett won pretty fast here today, let's go ahead and grab our break right now. Uh, I'll come back with uh, sports here in just a bit. Don't forget, 15 minutes away from your morning drive, we'll count down the five things that you're going to be talking about today. Then a little bit later in the show, Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers, the Grow Lincoln team, and Voice of the Huskers, Greg. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 7.36, it's time to count them down, so let's get things started today without any further ado with... Number five. Well, a number of folks have been texting in asking for that website again that we opened the show with, so I've been trying to make sure people know... There is a property comparison website started by a Lincoln man to aid you with your property valuation protest. It is LancasterPropertySearch.com. Jack, you were playing around with this a little bit earlier. I was. I put my own. you got to have your parcel ID number if you want to do it, uh, which you can just get through the assessor's website. Go to the Lancaster County Assessor. Search your name. Search your address. You'll find the parcel number. Paste it into LancasterPropertySearch.com, and it'll spit out. You can basically change the parameters. You can say, okay, I want it within this percentage of the same square feet as my house. I want it within this distance physically from my house. I want it built in the same X number of years as my house. So you could see just how closely compared to your house that it is. And there are defaults in there at 15% of square foot margin, two miles from the, the home, and within five years built. Those are the defaults that it came up with me. For me, it put out uh, 15, looks like between 15 and 20 uh, similar sales that all happened in 2022 or 2023. Mm. Um, and then you goes through each of them and does like side-by-side detailed comparisons of, say, square footage in garage, square footage in basement, sprinkler shingles uh deck all of all of these different things you can see where yours might be different than the comparable house and you can see what it sold for in the last two years now i did mine uh, i'll say this i did mine and and looking at it it looks like based on this at least based on the comparable sales 
my valuation, which went up quite a bit, is about right. It's probably, probably about accurate. probably about right according to this. Now I don't know if that certainly won't happen with everybody. You got you got about nine hundred people so far who are challenging their uh, valuation. It cha- it really changes year to year, just depending on how much valuations go up, on how many you get. But you had couple of years you had about 700 but there's a lot of people who are doing it and i think this just makes it makes it easier um to at least come in with some level of evidence yep have, have a little bit thing. more information but, uh, with you so it's again lancasterpropertysearch.com to check it out and it's really to me it's it, it, it on one level it's interesting if you think you've got a good case to challenge your property tax it's also interesting almost more so for me on just this chance to sort of have an idea hey if we decided to sell what are at any point, properties going what for? kind of, yeah, what what's a realistic range of what this is going to go for right now? And so that's a that's an interesting thing to look at, too. So if you're going to protest your property valuation, you have until the end of the month to do that with the assessors. OK, so you got another couple of weeks to uh, to get that in. It looks like they gave me credit for lawn sprinklers and my sprinklers don't work. So I'd like to take about. I don't know, two thousand bucks off my. That's all I want on off my. I'm curious. Two thousand bucks for the sprinklers. If anybody is going to use this and go, man, it looks like Bob did some work over there. Let's go plug this in. See if he's what's going on. Well, over it there. does. It does give you. So let's see. I can find one of these comp ones, and then I can. I can. Uh, I click. Okay, it doesn't give me. And then it goes. So it gives you a list of comps, and then you go in, and it'll give you the side by side comparison with your own house, mm-hmm. uh, which is. Which is interesting. So, <laughs> all right. So there you go. Check that out. See what you find out, and maybe you'll be successful. Uh, uh, by the way, shout out. We should sh- give a shout out to the uh, the person who did this and created it to help help things out. Gordon Smith. Um, they got their property valuation in 2023. Um, it was it was too high. He said then the process to get the information was difficult, so he went through and and made the website to do it. And if you want to, there's a click where you can su- support it if you want to too. Yeah, it's a nice it's a nice tool regardless of whether or not you're you're selling or you're looking to protest or not. I think number four. Uh, we meant to talk about this one yesterday because someone in this studio was absolutely giddy when they started to see what it looked like a new high V up in Gretna, and it is. Now the marquee high V in gets the world. Every, Gretna gets everything, except they have very few fast food restaurants. If you've ever had hungry kids, your kids, and you're driving through there, yeah. But other than that, Gretna seems to get everything. But no, this is the biggest high V that they've ever opened, and they've had their I, they've had their opening now. And I'm really, I'm not going to lie, Caleb. I'm kind of interested in exactly. As the as the main grocery shopper of the house, I'm really interested. It's 135,000 square feet, um, and it's double it's double the size of their regular stores. That's insane. Like, what are they even putting in there? Like, how much? How many more groceries can you can you put exactly? Um, and so I, I had to look looked at this. There's a, it, there's a sports store. There's a Long Island deli. There's a full service bakery. Thirty seven million dollar project. Six hundred jobs come along with it. Six hundred jobs at this one place. Yeah, yeah. At Holy this, cow! At the, uh, the mega grocery store in Gretna. So, I mean, I feel like there's almost more room than. Then I need to go through 
at the high V that's over, that's closest to us at yeah. 44th and O. And, and I'll tell you what, now I don't know exactly where it is. I don't know how far off the interstate it actually is. I should check that out. But we were just talking about the other day how that, you know, that Nebraska Crossing, obviously, shopping center has improved so much in quality over, you know, a lot of years at when the ownership changed hands. I have heard, I have heard rumblings of some other major retail products that may be looking at that area, that exit as well. Of course, I don't, we kind of lost the lost the momentum for Dragon Lake going in in that area. Mm-hmm. But if some of the other major retail projects that they're talking about go in that area, combined with the with the outlet mall, combined with the, the world's largest high V, all are at this exit. It, I mean, it's starting to become a pretty significant spot. Just a, a pretty significant retail center, retail exit. It already probably is, but even more so uh, right there. So it we'll looks see. like it is eleven miles from the out, or eleven minutes from the outlet. Oh, really? All right. Well, forget that then. <laughs> forget eleven minutes. That's got to be way on. That's that sounds like it's closer to Elkhorn for that long. Holy cow! All right. Yeah. So not. So maybe not something you're just jumping off the end. Good. Good. Come all the come all the way to Lincoln and spend your money. Yeah, if, if you're if you're already south of Grand, you may as well just come to just Lincoln come at that point. Yeah, at that point. Let's spend your money here. Number three, Nebraska volleyball. Seemed like we were probably going to wait until August to ever hear anything about a schedule, but no. Yesterday we did get that 2023 volleyball schedule. It was released not just for the non-conference, but also the full Big Ten slate as well. Nebraska opening up with a trio of games the first weekend, August 25th to the 27th against Utah State. Lipscomb and SMU. You've also got Volleyball Day in Nebraska, some non-conference games, Kansas State, Creighton, Long Beach State, Stanford, Kentucky. Opening up the Big Ten with Ohio State and Minnesota at home, closing the regular season. Trio of road games at Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Yeah, that's uh, that's probably the, t- the, t- the two takeaways that I had from this thing is um, you've got You've got a mix in your non-conference schedule, but throwing in Stanford and Kentucky in the same week, and I believe that's part of a multi-year. Stanford and Kentucky. That's part of a multi-year contract between Nebraska's the schools. A, yeah, yeah, Nebraska's been playing Stanford, and they went to Kentucky last year, right? Yep. And so you, you've still got that, and so that's a stretch right before you get into conference play. And then the takeaways from conference play are obviously, like you said. That November end of the season last year, Nebraska had that benefit of ending the season at home with Wisconsin and Minnesota. This year they do the same thing, but on the road. So right after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, you've got Nebraska at Wisconsin, and then you've got Nebraska at Minnesota on that Saturday after Thanksgiving. And by the way, it'll be the second time that they play each of those teams. Mm -hmm. You'll get Minnesota in Lincoln on September 24th. And you'll get Wisconsin on October 21st. You also have two games against Penn State. Yeah, you get you get you got, home and road with Penn State. So, Caleb, you got. I mean, I don't know who else. I don't know exactly what the sort of the Big Ten standing preseason standings will be from volleyball. But I think you always kind of assume Wisconsin, Penn State, uh, and Minnesota are going to be there, and Ohio State, and probably Ohio, Ohio State. Ohio State's been pretty so. That's good the late. first team in that group that Nebraska doesn't play twice. Yep. And you get them at home to open your Big Ten. Right. But that's probably the class, right? Yep, that you would assume it. from previous years. And you play three out of the four of them twice. Yes. So this is And you get all- the fourth one at home. So yeah, so this is almost this is almost as tough of a schedule as you can have it's a in the deep, Big Ten. Deep schedule. Because you could you're, you're 
The other two plays, by the way, are, it looks like, uh, Rutgers and Michigan and Michigan State. Is that all of them? And Northwestern. I believe so, yeah. yeah. And well, Northwestern, both of those matches are actually on Wednesdays. So you only get Iowa once, you only get Illinois once, you only get Indiana once, you only get Maryland once, if I've got this right. Uh, you only get Purdue. You only get Purdue once as well. So kind of the you kind of get the middle to the bottom of the conference only once, and you get the, the top of the conference twice in a lot of cases. This is a big, so, big schedule yeah. because you're you're gonna obviously you start out at home that first weekend like they typically do with some. In football, you would call them bye games. You don't expect there to be any big trouble that first weekend. You get volleyball day in Nebraska in the middle of the week against Omaha. So there will be a lot of emotions there, and Omaha has played Nebraska tough. They played them tough last year. Mm -hmm. Um, So you get that in a different environment at Memorial Stadium and then turn around and go on the road at Kansas State. Like it's a There's an intriguing start to the season, and it just never really slows down. Yeah. And it, and it also looks another thing I'm noticing here is the first two uh, first two home Husker football game weekends the volleyball games that are home then are both on Sundays mm-hmm. so they're not not going on that Husker football game yeah they, they did two, a good so. job of moving some of those around and actually when Nebraska does play on uh, Nebraska will play on a Friday against Illinois potentially play that volleyball match at noon. Oh, is it uh, is it the same day yeah, as the, yeah, they'll, they'll as the have, Illinois game? Yep, there will be a there's a Friday volleyball match. Oh, I okay. Um, I believe they're at Michigan State. If okay. I'm remembering the football October. schedule correct. Okay. Yeah. Is that October October sixth? Yeah, at Michigan State. There you go. So yeah, you, I don't yeah. think Michigan State's going to play that game at noon. Man, it's on the road. Game at noon, man. They're not going to do that. All right, <laughs> number two. I would like that game to be at noon. Nebraska, or excuse me, next one down here. Heinz is releasing limited edition condiment packets that are custom designed for each state. The company is calling it Sauce America. And the packets will be available at restaurants, theaters, stadiums, drive throughs and other places that stock sauce packets. The limited edition packets, the limited edition packets contain ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, ranch, barbecue sauce, and tartar sauce, and the designs will be unique to each of the 50 states. Heinz is also adding six new flavors for a limited time, with one to be released each month through November. The new flavors include creamy chimichurri, harissa aioli, finally, hatch chili ranch, yuzu wasabi, black garlic ranch, and banging brewery mustard. Uh, any right. of those sounds like something you're going to rush to get? Uh, I'd be. I'm interested. I don't know what Harissa is, but the uh, you know aioli. I don't know. I might be good. Hatch Chili Ranch sounds good. How about that? Can I bring uh, bring some? We're going to have those at uh, Muchachos with all Ooh, their Hatch Chili dishes. That might not be bad. That might be all right with the Munch Madness Champion. Are we? Uh, yeah. Th- what is the What is the Nebraska one going to look like? Customized for our state. It's always a question. Chimney Rock, State Capitol, a windmill. What do you do? What do you do with that thing? Well, you can collect everyone. It would take some real dedication to go to get. I, Congratulations, Gen Z. My generation collected quarters for every state. Your generation can collect Heinz packets. Serious question: Do they give you? I don't. Do they give you packets of ketchup? Like when you go through drive-through, do you have to ask for it now? Like I don't see packets of ketchup anywhere. Yeah, sometimes. Anymore. Yeah, but you'll you'll have to ask for it. Oh, okay. 
I didn't know if they still did. I guess, I guess maybe we just don't ask for it because I haven't had had those for a long time. And, and like, there are at, some places that have it like just like the barbecue sauce now, where it's kind of like the little pull tab and it's in a little tub. Yeah, that's yeah, that's nice. The little ketchup thing that you can either squeeze out the top or you yeah. can pull the thing. I thought they had kind of went to that design in a lot of cases. But like even at Pinnacle Mac Arena, they don't have they have pumps there. They don't give you little packets. Mm. So. I don't know how easy it's going to be to get these packets, but best of luck. Collect them all. I tried to collect all the state coins. That's what I was just referencing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had uh, we had the little cardboard thing where you could put, you had to get the, like, little each booklet. state. Yeah. And then there were two mints that they came from, um, and you tried to get both versions of them. And my son had fun. My son and I had fun doing that for a while, and then we quit doing it, and I don't know. We must have used the quarters on something. I don't know. I still kind of would like to do Did that. Did everyone that's fun. think that that's, that would be like a collect like a collector's thing? Sure, I think so, yeah. Like, I think if, that was if you thought. had a full booklet, someone would pay yeah, you? Yeah, like, we were very, we got very into it for about a year or so when he was pretty little, where uh-huh. we would every time... The, the problem is... You don't get change anymore. I just anymore. don't have change very much anymore. Yeah. Even compared to when we were doing that, maybe 10 years ago. So... But maybe we'll have ketchup packages that we could start collecting. Good. But collect, get them all like they're Pokemons. Gotta catch them all. Number one. Many top business leaders are seriously worried that artificial intelligence could pose an existential threat to humanity in the not-too-distant future. 42% of CEOs surveyed at the Yale CEO Summit this week say AI has the potential to destroy humanity Five to ten years from now, according to those survey results shared uh, with CNN, a Yale professor said in a phone interview about the findings, quote, it's pretty dark and alarming. (laughs) You think? End quote. Oh, my gosh. 42% of these CEOs. So it was 119 CEOs from a cross-section of business. So Walmart, Coca-Cola. Xerox, Zoom, pharmaceutical companies, manufacturing companies at this at this whole thing. And about half of them are saying this. 40, what did you say, 42%? 42%. 42%. 42%. So 30, 34% said AI could potentially destroy humanity in 10 years. 8% said it could happen in 5 years. So there's your 42%. 58% though saying it could never happen and they are not worried. Man, there are a lot of... There's a lot of variance in that. Yeah, there definitely is. But there is a whole... If you want to just sort of... There's a real uptick in... I don't even know how to kind of call the genre of philosophy or science or whatever it is, but about about AI and the like futurism, basically, what the world is going to be like, and... Like some of the stuff that Elon Musk tweets about, tw- Elon Musk tweets about that this stuff all the time, like Matrix type situations. Mm-hmm. Like, the, then like, things like simulation theories and all of this crazy st- like stuff that seems crazy that's out there right now. That is like there are more significant mainstream discussion of that stuff than I've ever seen. Uh, I mean, I mean, even even yesterday. Let's see if I can find the article. I had it up before, but yesterday, Elon Musk said something to to the effect of that everyone is already a partial cyborg. Wait. Yeah. Okay. He had a. He had a, a. Yes. He said basically. Let's see if I can find the quotes from him. 
as well. Um, I mean, if you Google it, there's all there's already of these things. He said we are already as oh, he said this lots of times. We're already a cyborg, essentially, basically. And then he talked about all of your memories are basically already backed up somewhere. Who's backing up? I don't. Memories, I don't though? know. I don't know. He's got. I mean, he's got some real interesting theories. And if someone is backing up my memories, can you help me remember stuff a little bit more often? There's a. Uh, I, I have. Yeah, he said. I mean, basically, you've got this. I think he's kind of talking a, a little bit. It's kind of a, a, an analogy, a bit, but he's because the connectivity to machines is already so much. You've gotten to the point that. You use them, you become reliant on them, and you basically are transferring part of yourself, essentially, onto the machine, I think. I don't know. But there's a lot. If you want to read about this stuff, there's so much There's so much out there. Um, look up, um, and then and then there's also this whole, this whole theory I was reading about that Elon Musk is, is uh, kind of subscribes to, too, that the main goal and philosophy is basically to keep humanity alive long enough that they're able to start moving to other planets or other bodies, and each time they would move to a body, it would ex- it would expand the ability. So another star, yeah, that is habitable. And each time you do that, it expands exponentially Their the network. amount of people, and then that what their network is, and it's like this basically vision of humans populating the entire Milky Way. But you've got to get to the point that there are enough people alive on Earth. To be able to get to that point where they can leave and start doing it other places. And okay. start and so that basically avoiding extinction. Wait, so and, and the, that, so the AI is not going to destroy us, the AI Well, there's concern that it, that's part of the reason that he and some others have said, Hey, we gotta slow down AI because we gotta be able to avoid extinction before we leave Earth. It's called like long termerism. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Look it up. Look it up. It is yeah, I got into as you can tell. I got there was into, a rabbit. Hole I went down to a rabbit hole recently on reading some of these things. So there you go. All right. Oh, by the way, there was uh, a big time Husker commitment. Yeah, made official. Made official. You wanna you wanna say it now? Jordy Ball, the uh, two time All American and right. the Nebraska native, coming home and makes it official. We'll be playing for the Huskers next season. All right. We thought that was probably the case, but now it is official. So, now it's great. there. Great news there. 756 on KLIN. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. When you- Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back, LNK Today. Glad to have you with us for this final hour of the show. 62 degrees in the capital city on your Thursday morning. And Thursday means Robin Eshleman, Dave Albers, the Grow Lincoln team are in studio with us and ready to give us their latest intel about what's happening 
in and around the business community in Lincoln. Robin, good morning. How are you doing today? I am well. And Dave, welcome in. Good morning, gentlemen. All right. Uh, we always want to remind you that Grow Lincoln is on Facebook and Twitter. If you ever have a question, some of which you'll hear some of the questions that have been asked about what's happening at a particular construction site or when's something going to open, Robin and Dave can usually find those answers. So feel free to hit them up on Facebook or Twitter with any of those questions all right guys let's get into your news this week and we are starting this week in downtown lincoln right on o street what do we know about that dan marvin from the urban development there was a story about him in the lincoln journal star and that he announced that the senior center at 10th and o street is under contract with the same developer who's doing the goals galleria project and we got to talk to that. We, we uh, did talk to him, but he didn't mention that he, he didn't mention this. He project. forgot to drop. Oh, by the way, I'm buying the senior center next door. <laughs> probably wasn't in writing. It probably wasn't a contract in writing at that point. Um, but it was announced that this would be mixed use. I think mostly apartments in this building, which apparently created quite a discussion on the Facebook page called "All Politics Is Local," mm-hmm. because finally the administrator tagged Growling and asked us to weigh in on the discussion here. Um, One of the people had written, one of the people in particular had written, pay attention, the article says that this sold for undervalue. They will then turn around and they're going to ask for TIF and then they won't provide any affordable housing. Okay. Well, that's not really true. Okay. Um, And so we kind of corrected the record there because basically the mayor has been requiring all of these developments and the city council behind her. They're requiring them all to, if you don't provide it on site, you have to put it in a pot of money that we have and where we're doing. And maybe the the commenter was referring to the latter will happen. Similar to what happened with uh, that, it'll go to the pot of money. It, it will go to provi- the pot of money. They are provided. not exempt. I mean, they're not because there's happened, no out for that. This. Was a big discussion in the Haymarket project on Melicars. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that part of it too. So yeah. anyway, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, and so then you know we also provided a little bit of historical perspective too because so many people were complaining. What another apartment kind? You know, mixed use. I mean, isn't aren't we sick of articles about mixed use and apartments down? Downtown. Well, let, let's take a little journey back to 1990. <laughs> when there were a generation all, ago, yeah, there where there was a lot of vacancy. We used to, for those who don't know, we had tons of department stores in downtown. And in the year 1990, it was announced that there were literally one million square feet of vacant retail space. Oh wow! In the downtown, and the the news stories. I mean, the the writers got carpal tunnel from writing over and over. To redevelop for retail the last several years, gave up. Retail will be converted to an office building. And of course, just as they are replying now, back then, people were like, more offices? Oh, how boring. Oh, can't we have something else other than office space? So there's kind of a lesson here. Downtowns have, and you know, I, I think Kent Seacrest, the developer for pointing this out in a way that's kind of easy to understand. Look at all the infrastructure that downtowns have invested in streets and plumbing and all the internet capability. And it's in a condensed area. In a concentrated area. You know, millions and billions of investment and stuff like that. Downtowns constantly reinvent themselves because all those amenities are there and it allows them to change when they need to. Okay. 
All right. So yeah. that so there you go. And a- you know, I mean, really, do you yes, I know the city sold this is selling this building for under market. Their other choice is to board it up and let it sit until the pendulum swings and we get something else that you like better, but that could be years or decades. All right. Or uh just use Pershing as an example. Look at Pershing, yeah. I you mean, know. do we want that where it's just sitting there? And then for- ultimately they're ending up doing a project very similar to the projects that were first proposed at Pershing. Yeah. If, because mean, the, the demand is what the demand if, is. If, if they'd have gone with market demand 10 years ago, we wouldn't be sitting here, you know, now. And so, and just to clarify, so the city moved the services or whatever they were doing out of that building somewhere they else. They moved over to 70th and O area. Right. The, okay. The, that Veterans Administration That's on the right. east okay. side I, of O, across I, from Taco Inn yeah. and across from St. Elizabeth okay. Hospital. So th- That's where the, the services city- were out of there it wasn't cutting the services and by the way some people were confused they thought there were seniors living in that building no it was an office building it was where the administrators for um you know elderly programs all over the county had their offices it was not apartments for senior that's not what that was all right all right uh good information there uh latest after the legislative session is over there's now a a turn back tax that's been approved by the legislature so the state is sort of contributing that way to this right. project so what's the latest on the convention center well so you can use up to 70 percent of the state sales tax within 600 yards of the convention center to pay for it so just for people to realize, you know, I think about mm, approximately three quarters of that will end up going to the city. So it's thought that this could raise around one hundred and five million dollars over time. When you pay sales tax, most of your sales tax actually goes to the city. And that's not what we're tapping here. The city won't be hurt right. by this. This is the state basically giving up right. its much smaller portion of that sales tax that we all pay. All right. And what... So 105 million over time. Yeah. What is over how how much time? I don't know how many years. Okay, but I think it was. Yeah, there's probably a time frame where they did this calculation okay. and set up to this. Usually, point. they have a tendency to do them in like 10 or 15, 20 year time frames. Okay. All right. Uh, then a question from uh, Low on Facebook at South 48th and Van Dorn. Any word on what they're doing at Van Dorn Plaza behind O'Reilly's Auto Parts? I haven't even noticed this, huh? Yeah. Well. I drove over there, and there is certainly something going on. Uh, it's around you, in the back. It's, is it behind. by the post office? Like, yes, there. it's between. It, it's it's part of where, if you see where O'Reilly's is, O'Reilly's does not go all the way to the east. To the uh, back of the building. Yeah, oh, really? which would be the back of that building. I now, never knew that. Uh, and so there, there's a space there. Certainly, there was something going on. I saw a dumpster there and, and a porta potty out there, and, and construction was going on. Did a little research. At one time, somebody thought it was uh, auto uh, repair, but that's not what it is. I found out it's going to be something more uh, entertainment related, but it's not going to be. Could it be another dog bar? 
<laughs> well, there's already one in that set. There's already one. I doubt it's a dog. So, no, not a dog bar. I can promise you that's not well, what Well, I don't is. know. I mean, sometimes when, when you get those bubbles, uh, Robin, it can, it can be quick. <laughs> I don't think the shopping center owner would allow two of them. <laughs> Probably not. Probably but not. I, I just wanted to let people know it's not going to be auto repair like okay. was, was speculated. All right. So, I didn't even, I have to go look at that. I, I haven't noticed. I guess I've never looked at the back of that building very closely. Well, so, yeah. You're not in commercial real estate no all right uh and then george on facebook uh he said my inquiring mind would like to know what's planned at either 5970 marmot point drive or 2020 uh 23 fletcher in north lincoln lots a couple of arrow lots have a couple of arrowhead construction seward nebraska trailers on them nearby residents so i'm very curious to what is planned okay so this is apparently near his house which 22nd fletcher that would be up close to 27th and Interstate 80, that neighborhood up there. Um, I don't know exactly what is planned for this building, but I was able to find out who bought the property. Um, And there is a company in Seward that purchased it called Caton Development. Um, What they do in Seward is tractor mat, which is reverse 3D engineering, which makes custom fitted mats for tractors. And they have a slogan, floor mats aren't just for your car. Um, Now, I don't know if this is exactly what they're doing at this site, but we do know that they are kind of an agriculturally based company and they appear to be building a presence in Lincoln. Wait, so so the it's a custom, custom, a custom mats made for your floor mat like you would get in your car, but for a tractor. Yes. Yeah. And then well, you clean your tractor out, you pull it out, and you So if vacu- you have muddy, muddy boots, you know. Uh, I suppose that little, would be an issue. Yeah, because. All the things that you walk in, perhaps on the farm. Yeah, and exactly. You, want, you would rather be able to take the mat out and wash it separately, I suppose. Is because on your weekend, do you really want to be spraying down the inside of your tractor? That's do true. You? Yeah, right. That's true. When will we get. A tractor car wash, uh, or a tractor wash. This I guess is you a would whole say. new frontier. I mean, wow. put it on, put it on the edge of town, and go through that, go through that thing, and get all the fancy lights. That would and be so like fun that. to see them lined up, wouldn't it? Yeah, blast a little Conway Twitty for them. Yeah, <laughs> a themed tractor car wash Food. absolutely has to have country music. Yeah, yeah. You, right. could, you could serve. You you could have a tailgate until you got to the actual wash. You yeah. would need. To clean the tractors, I feel like you would need some more industrial tools yeah. than you probably need just to yeah. clean off you know, you know, you've someone's, ever, someone's Kia Rondo or something. <laughs> yeah, if you've ever been around uh, tractors and the amount of mud that they can produce. And I haven't. But yes. you just have to trust me on this one. <laughs> you really, you haven't. I, I, absolutely, I absolutely can't relate. Uh, all right. Uh, North Lincoln, what do we have going on? What, uh, Burlington Avenue, what do we got? Yeah, 6600 Burlington Avenue. This is a part of Burlington Northern Railroad. They're doing a remodel project for their main office there. Uh, it's going to last over three years. Almost, wow. Almost $1.2 uh, million for this building. Three years of remodeling. Oh. You know, just a slow and steady stream of, wow. of construction. Okay. And, and and everything that goes with it. Right. And at 5600 North 58th Court. So this would be up north of Cornusker Highway, yep. up along Highway 77, Red Bull Distribution Center. I bet people will be lined up outside their door saying, I don't care if you're a distribution center. Can I just have a can? I want it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're what? Just, uh, just doing interior improvements around just, that? Just a little bit on their office and some warehouse. But still, 
$200,000. Yeah, for Red Bull distribution. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Um, all right, so that's the news for for this week. What do we have? Uh, what do we can do on the show here coming up this, this week, week on Saturday? On Girl Lincoln on Saturday at noon, there's a new building up at 56th and Pine Lake Road. Just popped out of the ground. HBE Accounting will be there to tell us about it. Realtor Roman Amundsen, who is also a county commissioner, is going to talk about expanding the city limits into the county, both from the perspective of being a realtor and also from wearing her hat as a county commissioner and then supporting employees with chronic health conditions in the workplace we're going to have a, an employee from the lincoln journal star who has dealt with cancer for many years and he's going to talk about his workplace and how they oh, supported wow. him all right uh that'll be interesting too to hear about the talk about the expanding the city limits into the county because it was just a, a few months ago remember we had the 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 bit of controversy where you had kind of the island of the county that was not in city limits and that came up in the city council to be annexed but right but the way that in, in, in all directions really but again like i i drove down dave you know about this i drove down 70th street now that it's open yeah. all the way to saltillo and just seeing how quickly that is feeling like like just continuous like city city. Of, yes. city of Lincoln or yeah. will or you can tell that it will all the way up to Saltillo. And I don't even know where the line is exactly there for the city limits along along seventy. So, so did you uh, get to see Standing Bear? I did. I got to go by yeah, you can yeah. go right by Standing Bear now. And I was yeah, that's I'm glad you brought that up because I was gonna mention it and had a chance to see it. And they've got um on the on the north side of the property, they've got a big baseball facility. Um, you can see the tall backstop yep. and the netting and, and the fences and, and those sorts of things. And, and it's a little hard to see because it's set back a little bit, a little bit from the road there. Um, but, you know, the, the, the facility you've probably seen is, is been up for a while, but they're still, it looks like they still have, I think they have some work to do here over the course of the next They're going to have weeks. to be putting the pedal to the metal, as they say. Yeah, it does kind of look like that might be the case with this, but, um, you know, I'm sure. I, I remember driving by Northwest during the spring of right. the year before they were going to open too, and kind of, kind of thinking the same thing. And they eventually got things open and going. So, it's going to be. It's just going to be fascinating to see with that location. That's just not an area where there's been a lot of traffic, right? No, it's just yeah, never but been an area where there's it, been a lot you, of traffic. It's pretty easy to envision a lot more traffic out there though. Between that. And the Beltway, mm-hmm. right? Between that and the Beltway, putting a more more traffic going in the east-west direction, and then on that 70th Street and the other streets going south out of there, it's going to completely cha- completely change. I mean, and we've it, seen that in other parts of the city, too, so it's yeah, not... I mean, you can stand on part of their property, uh, of the um, public school's property, and see the Beltway. I mean, it's a half yeah. a mile away is all, and it's in a, it sits on a higher spot a uh, higher plane than yeah than where the beltway is yeah located. I, I mean we joke about this but yeah that in that air, the the distance between lincoln and roca or hickman or any of those places is we're going to come at some point it's going to become pretty negligible yeah between the two of them and county commissioners they live in this weird world where they have to plan years in advance for the city to grow but their own constituency resents it because these are acreage people. A hundred percent. Yeah. They yeah. want I mean, their peace. You they know? like their peace. They probably like their property tax bill or something about that. Or they probably like maybe a lack of city. Re- That's part of what we heard with Regulation. that other group is yeah. the regulations on a fence for a pool. Right. Yeah. Right. And that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Now I've got all these rules I have to follow.
follow. Yeah. So, yeah, county commissioners walk a treacherous line at all times. Yeah, I bet. I bet that's definitely the case. So, anyway, yeah, go out, go out, take a look at it. You can now drive by there. Thank goodness. It's one of the one of the few. St- <laughs> everything else is closed, but that's you need open a helicopter now. for Holy pretty cow. much everything else in Lincoln. Guys, have you done the 84th Street thing yet? Going out toward the interstate. Don't. Well, <laughs> no, no, uh, 84th and A to 84th and O. You mean North 84th? Oh, 84th and A to 84th and O. It's cl- I mean, it's closed. It's right? all, uh, that's what I would normally take from my office to come to KLIN, but it, I I yes, go around. You're right. Now. It's Well, that's I forgot every time that I've, I've happened to have gone to Omaha a couple of times recently in the last two weeks, two or three times, and I've forgotten every time that it's closed. And so the first time I turned right and tried to go east, that was a mistake. And then, you know, get on the gravel roads out by Walton yeah. and drive all the way out to Waverly. I felt like that added a half hour. So the so last time I did, I turned left and went to 70th. And I mean, I think it was faster, but it still felt like it was, you know, backtrack. Like yeah. the sh- length to get out of Lincoln felt like more than the interstate between Lincoln and Omaha. Let me show I've, I've been having to make those drives numerous times. I'll show you a couple of those. Yeah. The, but the, 84th Street needs work. I'm not saying you right. don't do it. Yep. Right? Oh, I'm not saying that oh, either. Oh, yeah. It needs it so bad. Yeah. I mean, you basically just have to budget some time. I'm probably going to have to drive an extra mile out of my way. Yeah. Or yeah, if I would remember, I would have just stayed on seventieth the entire time. But I forget. Yeah, I, I've got years and years and years of muscle it's memory of driving on eighty fourth to get out of the interstate, and it's going to take more than like five trips to get that out of me. Is Wave up to date in Lincoln? Did they did they do a good job of putting construction? I mean, sometimes I've had good luck with Wave. And oh, Waze. W A V E the yeah, app. The app. The driving app. Isn't that I don't know. Waze? With a Z? I don't know. Is it Waze? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. It starts with a W and it's on my phone. But it, yes. It, I don't know. I, haven't, I don't use hit, it in it, town. It used to be hit and miss. I haven't tried it lately. All right. We'll take a break. Thank you, Robin and Dave. Appreciate it. It's a 27. Uh, we got sports coming up next with Caleb on KLIN. Let Lincoln know if your organization or business is impacted by the latest severe weather. Go under the closings tab and sign up at KLIN.com. Find someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. Well, as of this morning, it became official. Jordan Ball, originally of Papillion, Nebraska. Papillion La Vista High School, then uh, went to Oklahoma where... Became a national champion uh, and was the uh, first one that ESPN went to for the postgame interview a few days ago when Oklahoma beat Florida State two to zero to compete to complete like their 59th win in a row or something like that has made it official. She is coming back to Nebraska. She just tweeted out after two years of wonderful memories. I'm excited for two more representing the Nebraska Cornhuskers. This state, these people, and this N are all things I'm excited, proud, and thankful to be a part of. She's gotten retweets already by Trev Alberts, Matt Rule, whole host of other people as well. And great timing now as uh, Greg Sharp joins us to to discuss. Greg, man, this is uh, it's it, it this putting in the context of just the transfer portal in general of all of college sports. I don't want to overstate it, but it's just not a transfer you hardly ever see in college sports at this point. Oh no, no question. I mean, I think it's one of the biggest transfer news. 
things in, in, in any, it doesn't, regardless of softball, whatever you want to look at it, football, men's basketball, anything. If this is earth shattering news and just wonderful news for Nebraska and Nebraska softball and for Rhonda Ravel. And, you know, Jordy was committed to Nebraska for a while in the high school days and then decommitted and ended up going to Oklahoma. And I, but I think, you know, her heart's always been here and she wants to kind of finish it out her last couple seasons in Nebraska. So I think she's very at peace with this. And obviously, uh, Husker fans and Husker Nation are thrilled about this because all of a sudden Nebraska becomes a legitimate player on the national scene in the sport of softball. Yeah, how much, you know, it, it is it is one player, but how much of an impact do you think this has immediately on on the roster and on the prospects for Nebraska softball in the next two years? Well, you take from the fact that Nebraska's been in the tournament the last two years and probably just didn't quite have enough pitching to maybe make a big, deep run. Well, now you've you've taken the best pitcher in the country and added her to your to your roster. So it's huge. I, you know, I think Nebraska would squarely be the, the favorite in the Big Ten Conference, which then you're talking about the ability to host regionals. Maybe you get a top eight national seed and host a super regional to get to the, to the Women's College World Series in Oklahoma City. So I think Nebraska immediately becomes a ranked program and the, the favorite to win the Big Ten next spring. Wow. And, and Greg, you know as well as anyone that this university's fan base, which you know already supports softball, but when they get when they get like this feeling that something special is going to happen with the team, with a team winning, it takes it, they go from zero to sixty in a very short period of time, right? And I can see yeah. that completely happening with softball next year. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Nebraska generally plays about seventeen, eighteen home games. I think pretty much their schedule's done for next year, so I'm not sure they can add much to it at this point in time. But, yeah, it's, it could be standing room only to get in the Bowling Stadium to watch this team play. And, you know, I'm so happy for her. And, Jack, there's so many players on this team that she has played with because she was yeah. a part of a travel team. And I think the Andrews sisters were part of that. I know Courtney Walls, I think, would have been maybe a part of that. I think it's Nebraska Gold is what they're called. So she knows a handful, and has played with a handful of these Husker players. So this is the the acclimation for her to kind of be inserted into the team won't take any time at all because she knows so many of these players in this Husker yeah. team. Yeah, true, absolutely, Greg. It'll be interesting to see kind of how this affects the general Husker fans' perception of the transfer portal going forward. The transfer portal can giveth, and the transfer portal can taketh away. And this time it was a big give. So it'll be interesting to see how this kind of frames those general discussions about it going forward. You know, I was thinking about that the other day, Jack. Net, net. I think Nebraska's come out way ahead in this thing. You think about yeah. guys we've lost compared to guys and gals that we've added. Yeah, that's I interesting. I think Nebraska's way ahead of the game. I think Nebraska's gotten much better players out of the portal than they have lost if you just kind of go take them one for one and go across the board and look at it. So I think it's been a really beneficial thing. And I think, you know, Nebraska uh, with the 1890 Collective has done a good job of positioning themselves in the NIL world to make sure that when athletes uh, show an interest in Nebraska that there's something, there's some carrots there for them to go grab. So I think it's you know, I think it's a, uh, across the board for athletics. I think it's been a good thing. Last night on Sports Night, we had Rink Mast, one of the new basketball Ooh. players on. Well, that's, you know, that's an NIL. Uh, he, I think he's gotten some NIL money. And Probably. Uh, the transfer yeah. portal certainly bounced him to Nebraska this year. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of great stories about that. And, and headline right now by Jordy Ball. Well, you get, and I was going to ask, the next question I was going to ask was about NIL. But, the, the, too, uh, and I assume that was some some 
involved in this somehow. I don't know how. You know, they don't they don't say that necessarily. That doesn't become public, but. I don't know. Does this just show a little a, a little flexing of strength by what Nebraska can do in NIL when you know you you, you look at us just because this is such a a big transfer portal, uh, just a big transfer addition, such a high profile one in a sport where that might not happen otherwise with NIL. I I just wonder how much this just sort of gives us a sense of where Nebraska might be with that compared to some of the other schools they'll be competing with in all of these sports. Well, I think it's a positive sign. I think Jordy's a little bit different case because she's from here. Agreed. And and, and she was committed here at one point in time. And I think, you know, she's got an affinity for Coach Ravel and that staff. And so I think think it's a little – if this was the best pitcher in the country who wasn't from Papillion – then yeah, I think I think you could flex, maybe flex a little bit more, yeah. but I think with Jordy, you have to be a little careful because she is coming back to her roots. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that that's a good point too. Um, but I bet it was still involved. I bet you know, I bet it, I bet it played a role in that whole thing. But nonetheless, um, yeah, huge, huge get. It'll be interesting to see what yeah season ticket requests, those sorts of things that go along with softball. I'm just fascinated to. To see how quickly this thing takes off with that with that program, and cool for Ronda Ravel too, who's been obviously such a long time, you know, long time stability at Nebraska and Nebraska softball as well, and and uh, can't wait to see what happens with that whole thing. Um, all right, let's get into some of the other things that are bad. Well, first of all, you told me you talked to to Mass last night. I didn't get a chance to hear that. Tell me about that conversation. This is the new one of the transfers in, um, and I'm I'm excited about him because he like me has dutch heritage tell me about that conversation what did you learn about him well yeah jessica Cootie conducted the interview in all fairness she she conducted the interview but wonderful young guy and he speaks several different languages as a lot of europeans do uh he uh, he's he's come from an athletic family and and really excited to be in lincoln and has already enjoyed his first couple of weeks and getting to know his teammates a little bit he's a big guy jack i love his frame he's got kind of broad shoulders and you, you can tell he's going to be able to withstand the pounding that you get in the Big Ten Conference, but loves to rebound, but also can step out and shoot the three. So I, I think he's a pers- perfect fit for Fred Hoiberg's offense to have a big he, – he's not a bad passer. I don't think he's in the Derek Walker ilk yet as distributing the ball, but he's a better shooter than Derek was. Derek didn't really have much range. right? Uh, so I, I think he's a little bit different player than Derek, but certainly fits the need with – with his graduation to get a guy like that into the system. So really excited about him. I know Coach Hoiberg is as well. And I don't think Nebraska's quite done, Jack. They still have two Scollies yeah, left. So I was going to ask, yeah. Completely done yet in the portal. And there's still quite a few names still out there that I think Nebraska is at least kicking some tires on. Yeah, I heard potentially the the guy from uh, Rutgers that they might be uh, they might be looking at now is the newest name. We, there's been new names it seems like every every few weeks, but that's the latest one um, that that they may have some interest in. So yeah, and they're and they're getting ready to go to Spain eventually here later this summer too. Correct? They are. They're yeah. they're leaving for Europe late July or maybe right around the first of August. They'll be over there. Volleyball just got back yesterday from their two week trip to Brazil. In fact, John Cook has a press conference later today. He's got some things to talk about as well yeah. with the announcement earlier this week that Jordan Larson's going to be joining his staff in the fall. So, 
yeah, these teams are all, it's, it's all lined up. Soccer, volleyball, both men's and women's basketball taking their foreign trips in the same summer. Yeah, and just so many things, so many new things here just in the last week or two and in all of these programs, almost all of these programs. And, and I guess that leads us to Jordan Larson. Um, you know, it, it's an interesting hire because she's still, it's kind of rare, she's still sort of in the, the middle, I don't know if it's right to say peak, but when you're potentially competing in the Olympics, you're arguably still in the peak of your career at this point. And so in, in, in order to do that, you know, John Cook has got to be able to say, okay, the value she brings, even though she's still doing these other things at this point, is so much that I want to go, go forward with this despite that. And, and I'm not surprised, but it is kind of an interesting arrangement they'll have to have. No question. July 1st is a big date because July 1st, Volleyball is allowed to have a third full-time assistant coach. July 1st is baseball is allowed to have a third full-time assistant coach. So you're seeing both of those programs add people to it. With Jordan, because she's still playing an international schedule, she still wants to be a part of Team USA for next summer's Olympics Mm -hmm. in Paris. She's not going to actually even join the Husker staff until late September. So she'll, she'll miss the first month of the season and then join the team and then take on her coaching duties from that point moving forward, but still with the thought that she's going to be uh, off to Paris next summer to compete for Team USA in the Olympic Games. So it's kind of a transition period for her. I think John Cook, with the third assistant coming open, uh, wanted to grab her and say, hey, we want you to be a part of this program moving forward. We know you've got some outside commitments to your playing days. Right. And this might end it. This could be kind of the final final run for Jordan is this, these 24 games in Paris. Yeah. Yeah, and and it, it's it's kind of funny because she's got some of her peers in the volleyball world who have been now in coaching for right almost a, a decade for some of these, and and she's kind of just getting started because she's been so busy, obviously, with her international career, which you keep going on with for a long time, but just making that transition now. But will be cool to see her on the bench for Nebraska volleyball. Uh, curious to react your reaction. Uh, the Nebraska volleyball schedule. Came out yesterday. Caleb and I have talked about it a couple of times. What jumped out to you when you first had a chance to look Wait, at it? Yeah, again, reverting back to last night's Sports Island, which is heard here on 1400. Lauren Cook-West joined us, and she's a little concerned about they have five back-to-back weekend matches dur- during the year. And she said last year they had three. And she said those are hard to prepare for, where you play a Friday night and then a Saturday night at a different location. Or maybe you're at home and you play different opponents on Friday and Saturday. She said that's a little concerning. She said... Some teams in the league only have two. Nebraska is kind of in the middle at five, but she did say there still could be some tweaks to the schedule because television is going to get involved and yeah. cherry pick some games. And remember, we've got the new TV partners that start this fall. You could see maybe some volleyball matches appear on Peacock, which is the oh. streaming service, or maybe, oh. or maybe, maybe one of the big networks decides to throw a Big Ten volleyball match on their schedule just to see how it does. I think it would do great with national rankings. I think. We all know how great volleyball is in this state. We see it in this league, and uh, the BTN people are really thrilled. They say volleyball is their number three watch sport behind football and men's basketball on their network. Yeah, I'm not surprised. uh, There'll be some tweaks, I think, to the schedule. I don't love the fact, Jack, that the season ends with three straight on the road. I don't like that, and there's some huge matches there at the very end with Minnesota and Wisconsin on. I think back-to-back nights to finish off the season, that could determine yeah. a league champion. But it's a challenging schedule with the likes of Kentucky and Stanford on the non-league. And you know, we all know how good the league is 
in in the sport of volleyball. You know what I well I noticed that same thing about the end of the schedule. It's kind of the reverse of what happened last year. You had after Correct. after Thanksgiving, you had the home games with Wisconsin and Minnesota. Now they're road games. You have Iowa before that, um, which may not be as much of a concern. But I did notice when you look at the two plays, the the teams that Nebraska plays twice. Some of the Big Ten teams you play twice. Some of them you play one. Nebraska got two plays with Wisconsin, Minnesota. And Penn State in that group. Uh, yeah. The only, the only maybe potential favorite that they don't have a two play with is probably Ohio State uh, in that group. So it's probably about as difficult as it could, could come. And again, not complaining, but probably about as difficult of conference slate as Nebraska could draw right now. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I might throw Purdue in there too. They're usually Purdue, one of the yeah. better teams, and they we only that's play good. them once. But yeah, you're right with that. But uh, hey, that's what fans want to see. Agreed. I, and, I, I and agree. I, yeah. I think Coach Cook's fine with that. I think he's like, all right, well, let's play the best. It'll tough us and tough us, toughen the team up for December for the NCAA tournament, and, and let's go get it done. He's long said it's harder to win, harder to win the Big Ten than it is to to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament because of of the great quality of volleyball in the league. But it's exciting. I can't I can't believe Jack they make us wait until mid June to drop that schedule. The season starts in like seventy days. Yeah, I know. Now we're just now Weeks. getting a look at the schedule. Weeks. I agree. Speaking of scheduling, you know the conversation with Trev has made made a decent amount of news. I think when it comes to to scheduling, like I can't. I don't quite know. Like there's a part of me, Greg, as a fan, that I'm like, I see the future schedule, and I see like Tennessee is on there, and I'm like, I really want that game to happen, and I, I, I don't know, and I don't know that it will. I wouldn't be surprised if they, they end up taking it off. But what do you get to the sense that the real calculus is when you're looking at non-conference schedule? Is it more about, is it more about making sure you've got one more win, or is it more about if they, they would try and make the non-conference a little bit easier for future years, or is it more about sort of keeping up with what the SEC is doing with eight games versus nine? How did you read what Trev said about that? Yeah, it was interesting comments. I, I think, you know, I think everybody's a little leery with adding the two Los Angeles schools. I mean, is it this going to be too much to bite off to play a perennial power in one of your three non-league games? So I think they're analyzing that, trying to decide what to do with that. I'm with you. I, I'm, hey, I've been looking forward to that trip to Rocky Top for decades. Yeah, I got moved back once, and, and I, I would hate to see that go, but yeah, I mean, I think he made those comments to Tom Chattel that that came out in a column over the weekend. Yeah. He and I have not had that discussion, so okay. I don't. I've not been able to ask him that personally, but I'm not surprised by it. I mean, these some of these schedules are going to be pretty pretty challenging. The 2025 league schedule for Nebraska is going to be a real challenge. Now you can sit there and look at. I think this year's is very manageable. I think next year's is pretty manageable from a from a toughness standpoint, and, and it all changes because teams get better or some teams aren't as good as they were when you get them on the schedule. But it'll be interesting to follow that. I think maybe that was a bit of a tip to all of us that, hey, don't be surprised if we start kind of pulling back yeah. on some of these three non-conference games. I think they have any other schools, uh, Arizona on there, Oklahoma's on there again, I believe, Oklahoma State. But we're talking like 2036 at that point. Right. I mean, yeah. Who knows if the AI robots have destroyed us all by then? But I mean, <laughs> at that point, that's right. Yeah, it was. I sh- you're right. It was with Chate- most most of the time. You're breaking news on the stuff Trev says. So I think I just start assuming that with that, Greg. But yeah, that was that was in that article, which in its own right got got a lot of conversation oh boy. as well. Didn't it ever? Yeah, oh. the uh, yeah the the, the uh, slumming it in slumming. the uh, in the Big Ten West did not make some of the uh, Big Ten brethren very happy. Yeah, they were there were particularly a lot of media around the Big Ten. Yeah. They came after Tom pretty hard, and then Husker fans got into it, and 
Yeah, that was that. That entertained me for about twelve hours. Yeah, that kept me busy on a Sunday reading all the. Comments. You know what it told me, Greg, is we need some games really bad. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. We- and then I still haven't even asked. We got a minute or two left here. I still haven't even asked, kind of, about the Rob Childress thing. We talked about it last week, I think, a little bit. But um, he does make the decision to become pitching coach. I think the most interesting thing about this whole situation, Greg, is just like I just kind of wonder where where Rob is because you normally don't have someone in that position that he was in, who a lot of schools would take as a head coach right now. Right. And so if he wanted to do that, he could. But if he wants to stay there, there are certain opportunities for him here. Um, and so he, he when he when he made the decision to stay here and be the pitching coach, what do you think that says about kind of what his plan is and his thoughts are going forward about his career? Well, you know, I, I think one name me and anybody else who has a more qualified pitching coach in college baseball. I mean, my goodness, what a yeah. coup for Nebraska to be able to get him to stay. I think he still wants to coach. I think he'd still deep down probably like to be a head coach somewhere. I think he maybe inquired about a couple of the openings that popped up in the last month, and it maybe just didn't work out, and nobody saw, thought he might be quite a fit. So uh, this was here. He loves Nebraska. His his daughter has stayed here, went to school at UNL after even after he left to go to A and M, and so she's in the area. Uh, so I, I, you know he's got a real affinity for this place, and I think you know when. Some of the other opportunities to be a head coach maybe didn't open up. He's like, you know, let's. This is where I think I'm supposed to be. Maybe, maybe there's a bigger power telling me this is where I need to to stay and be the coach. So I think Will Bolt has got to be beaming that he was able to keep Rob on staff. You know, this is the number I heard yesterday, Jack, that absolutely blew me away. We're talking about the transfer portal. There are over four thousand names in the baseball portal right now it's unbelievable <laughs> the size of all that going on so i, mean, I didn't even know there were four thousand baseball 4, players in college baseball <laughs> how about that it's just unbelievable the size of the number of people that are in that portal That's so yeah great. there's a lot to pick from it you're going to be seeing a lot of additions to that baseball roster i think in the coming weeks uh i want to end on this nate Rohr just tweeted i was curious what he thought about the the um the the jordy ball news he what he said was so many thoughts on this he said the most basic is this a team that was positioned to be a Big Ten favorite and make a deep NCAA run just added arguably the best pitcher in the country and the face of the sport after winning her second women's college world series. So sums it up pretty well in just how significant it is. I'm not I'm not gonna argue with Nate. He's yeah. got his finger on that pulse maybe better than I do. He was the one I wanted to know what he thought. Hey, great uh, great conversation today, Greg. I appreciate it. We'll be uh, continuing to listen to sports nightly and we'll talk to you again uh, next week. All right. Great. Thanks, Jack. There you go, Greg Sharp. Voice of the Oscars, Sports Nightly, and crazy. <laughs> one of the biggest. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's an exaggeration when you say one of the biggest biggest transfers, just in in terms of going from one program level access to another in college sports. Dave Seven will wrap up the show for this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK today with Jack and Friends on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. All right, that is it for the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Dan Parsons Show tonight. Jason Ball and Kaylee Hogan-Schnitter from Lincoln Partnership for Economic Development. We'll be back here tomorrow. Request Line Friday, Father's Day edition. Text in your request now. It's 9 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln.